of the Akpejo, a community of young people coming together to tell our stories about our relationship with Jesus Christ and grow together in Christ. We aim to have conversations that would help us grow and deepen our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Once again, thank you for joining. I'm your host, Nifemi. Hey everyone, um, welcome to the Blurry Line Podcast. Once again, I, I want to wish everyone a happy new year. And I really pray that this year brings new things for everyone and God fulfills the heart desires of everyone. Um, today, we have a very interesting topic to talk about. I think it's very valid for the time that we are in, especially at the beginning of the year. And I think like from the conversation, we'll be able to just share some things that we can hold on to as we go into the year. But before I go on, I would like um, I have a special guest, and I would just like him to introduce himself before I get into the topic and we get into the conversation. So over to you. All right. Uh, hello, everyone, and uh, thank you, Nifemi, for bringing me up here. I'm super excited to be here. My name is Sheon Afolayo. I'm a pastor at the Elevation Church, where I lead the uh, Family Life Team and the Singles Ministry of the Church. Uh, I'm married with two wonderful girls. Uh, what else? I'm a, I'm a Chelsea fan. Just uh, FYI. <laughs> I'm a Man United fan, so we can. We are not going to argue on this thing. <laughs> okay, no, thankfully, we are not discussing football today. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me, let me give you a small joke. So I, I had a session with um, PK, Pastor Kola, the, uh, Pastor Kola Shawana. And so while, while we're doing the introductions, Pastor Kola said, Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. What are the time you are listening to? I said, ah, you will know when someone is a pastor. Like, they already know the <laughs> protocols. <laughs> yeah. Kola <laughs> and I, we go way back. We served together back on campus. So he's a very good friend. And like you said, he's been a pastor almost all his life. So. <laughs> yeah, he says so. He says so. Anyways, thank you. Thank you, Pastor Sheo. Thank you, PS, for um, doing this. And... um so I'm going to go into the topic now. Like, like you guys know, like from most of the conversations we have, we have like a an anchor topic. But in between the conversations, we always begin to God always just gives us inspiration of what the topic should be. So today we are going to be talking about something that we've called God and your goals. And it's a new year, yeah. And I know, like PS and I were speaking about this before we started recording. A lot of people have different mixed feelings and. This is going to lead into my first question. But like for me, I, I'm always excited about the new year because it represents so many things for me. It represents like new, new, new beginnings, it represents like new opportunities, new, new chances for me to be able to make a difference. So like I'm always excited to do a lot of things in the new year when the new year comes. And coming from 2020, 2020 was a great year for me. I I shared my testimony at the end of the year at church. And I think the feeling I had coming to this new year was more of anxiety. Even if I trusted God, but like, you know, like when God has elevated you to a point whereby like everyone is like looking like, oh my God is really taking these boy places. And I'm coming to it and so even if I had my goals that God has laid on my heart or someone I had just written down, I was saying to myself that, oh my, like, can I, 
<laughs> can I match this 2020 grind like this? Like, can I, mm. can I like continue on this whole process? Like, after a while, it just kept burdening me. But like, I was excited to go into the new year because I could continue to love the things that started in the year. Um, but like, that's how the new year felt for me this year. So, Piers, like, what does the new? How does 2021 feel for you? Yeah, leave me. Uh, I mean, like I said, uh, this is uh, this is not a church uh, meeting, so we can be. Uh, I mean, I'm completely being, being completely honest with you, I started the year with a bit of fear. Uh, I started the year with a bit of um, worry. Uh, and the fear basically was uh, I had a rather rough 2020 in terms of work. I mean, it was a great year uh, in terms of the impact that we were able to make and the lives that we were able to touch. I mean, like I said, I, I, I served as a pastor at the Elevation Church. And, you know, we went into the year... Uh, just trusting God that then we, 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 what happened happened around February and lockdown, no services and ministry had to continue. So uh, all the plans and structures and things, some of them had to be junked and I had to go, get involved with so many things, uh, you know, and do a lot of things differently. So when this year was started, so we made great impact last year, but behind the scene, it was a hell of work. I won't lie to you, it was serious. There are days I was in meetings from 8 a.m., uh, till 6 p.m., just jumping from one meeting to, to, to another. Uh, sometimes you, you that time the, the day ends, you are not even able to sleep because your head is still processing a lot of things, and you know. So it was, it was, it was that kind of year. And starting 2021, my fear was, God, I don't want to have to work like that again in this year because it stressed, it, it took a lot out of me physically and emotionally and even spiritually. You know, now, so I, I really wanted a year that's a bit uh, that, that's a bit slower, that's a bit more normal, that's a bit calmer. You know, that had that, that had a bit of margin. But I also knew that even in 2021, I have a lot of goals that have been set for me. I have you know even higher responsibilities than than I had last year. Uh, even family wise, there are some goals that my my family, my wife and I are pushing that we you know take some that will demand some stuff from us. You know, so I was already getting agitated a bit you know but thank god for the holy spirit you know at some point you always have to get yourself out of such mode and begin to talk to god and begin to engage the holy spirit who helps to and the holy spirit knows how to massage our hearts that's that's one way i can put it you know and i had to go for that and i got a good massage and i'm back and you know it was a, it was a great because at some point the holy spirit began to remind me some specific words that he gave me years ago some some, some of those 2018 2019 and one specific one, it was the fact that the Holy Spirit was talking to me about the fact that I'm getting to a stage in my life where He will make things happen for me that will not be directly related to my efforts. You know, that really calmed my spirit. And I remember I went to the scripture that the Holy Spirit gave me. He said, He, he Himself he, he is the one who has called you, who also will do it. Uh, you know, I, that, those scriptures sort of gave me the art massage, like I said, you know, that I needed at that point. So, uh, in, a, in a nutshell, I think that's basically how my year started, and it's been going great uh, uh, from that point on. Yeah, and and I think like for me, it's always so interesting to hear like this side of things that we don't usually hear. You know, like for people like us that just on Sunday morning just or switch just turn on our TV and we see everything, <laughs> everything working. Like we always don't consider the the number of hours like people are putting and 
you know, like, even if we pray for grace for our pastors, like, I'd never considered, like, any of the people that I, I, I call pastors to be tired. Like, I just feel like, oh, man, like, God has given them this anointing. They're just going to keep carrying it and moving. But it's always so interesting to, 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 to hear this thing. And one of the things you said that, that made it, like, is how the Holy Spirit keeps um, comforting you with exactly what you need. And like I said, when I started conversing, like, when I... When I was entering the year, like my majority of my thoughts were about, oh my God, like I don't want, I want to be able to match at least the things I did in 2020. And God was saying to me that I'm going to do a new thing for you. And it was saying that like, you know, when people talk about a new thing, I think it was one of the messages that PG preached close to the end of the year. Yeah. Like people always say that new things are always, you know, you always only expect new things when you have had a bad thing happen to you. That's when you vigorously pay for new things. But like when you have had like a good a good tread, like a good period of time, you never ex- you never like really want to pray for new things. So God was saying to me that like even if you've had good things like happen to you, great things happen, a new thing is still going to happen, yeah. and you need to be anticipating of it. And one lesson like God has kept teaching me from that moment is, and it's a Bible passage that says, um, "Do not worry about tomorrow." That line specifically, because there are some days that I would plan my day, and I'll give an example. I was supposed to travel to Kigali on the second of um, January, but something happened. We had to move the flight, so I called my flight agent and I said, "Okay, move these flights for me. I mean, leave my tickets open. I would come back to you when I plan to travel." Mm-hmm. Then one morning, I was going to get breakfast to go buy food to eat my friend and I, and we just randomly got into the store of the flight agent to say okay let me just enter and see what's happening like we didn't plan to and we entered and we realized that lo and behold they've not yet opened our tickets that we'll have just gotten to the like we'll have just gotten mm-hmm. an email on the day of our flight that why didn't we have and god said to me that that's like mm-hmm. don't worry about tomorrow i'm going that's to keep good. directing you each day of the year like just be open to me mm-hmm. like pray for what you want but be open to my interference like don't see my interference as something that like as something that because I was worried about my goals. They felt like they felt like very lofty goals, which is going to lead me to my first question now. Because when when we set goals at Christians, like there's some people that go to the extreme to feel like goal setting is not spiritual. Like oh as a Christian, like you have to have trust in God and you should not set goals. And I'm not an expert in the conversation, but I, I like setting goals. So I wanted to ask and is it okay you say to you set don't like goals as a Christian? Goal. No, I love setting. I said like I'm not an expert in the conversation of like oh oh, oh is it is it on spiritual to set goals like I don't know the balance, but I love setting goals. Like for me, it just gives me a sense of direction. Like it gives me a sense of also it helps me take action. Okay, like I know like this quarter I have kind of aligned what I what I hope to achieve, and I and I just want to act on them. But what I wanted to ask is as Christians, like as, as believers of the faith, is it okay? to set goals like is setting goals something we should do or should we just enter the year and say i trust on god nothing no shaking god is going to direct my path no. so what do you think about that i mean uh goal setting uh it's a management principle that you can trace to the scriptures uh and and sometimes i know sometimes uh we get so spiritual we we forget that uh, even natural laws uh, 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 sometimes some of the natural laws of life are based on scriptural principles, you know. 
so when we talk about goal setting and whether God wants us to set goal and all of that, what we need to realize, I mean, let me let me just for the sake of uh, time, let me just read this scripture. Um, Proverbs chapter twenty-four. I'm sorry, yeah, Proverbs twenty-four, verse three to four. Uh, I find it interesting the way uh, the Living Bible puts it. It says, "An uh, an enterprise is built by wise planning, becomes strong through common sense." And profits wonderfully by keeping abreast of the facts. An enterprise is built by wise planning, becomes strong through common sense, and profits wonderfully by keeping abreast of the facts. That scripture, that is management principle straight from the scripture. If you read uh, Abacot chapter 2, verse 4 as well, you will see a uh, right division, make it plain that it may run that reads it. You know, so uh goal setting is a like i said it's a is a is a management principle that is traceable to the scripture so there's nothing ungodly about setting goals and what we need to understand is this uh god does not live in time god lives in eternity uh that's why bible says he's able to go ahead of us and make every crooked path straight uh god is the is the one who sees the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end that's god but you are human you and i are human beings and so for us, so in the in the eternal realms of God, all the great things that he wants us to achieve are already there for us to achieve it. But you and I are living in time and we are human beings with all the limitations and, you know, infallibilities that comes with being a human being. So it means that to work with that God who lives in the eternal realm, we must, there must be something to, uh, to work with. And that's what goal setting is. To say, uh, and what I'm trying to do is to draw the parallel between God's will and goal setting. So in the big will of God and in the big plan of God is for me to become a billionaire by the time I'm 50. So I'm in my 20s right now. It's goal setting to say, if I'm going to be a billionaire by the time I'm 50, what should I be doing in my 20s? The revelation to become a billionaire has come from God or maybe the revelation is to go to Afghanistan to win their souls for Christ. That can also come from God, definitely. So, but if you're going to do that in 60 years, in 20 years' time or in 30 years' time, what are the goals you should be setting now? What are the things you should be doing now? Those are the things that goes into your goal setting. So, when your goal setting, your goal setting is built on top on top of your understanding of God's will. When you have that balance, then there's nothing wrong with with goal setting. Goal setting becomes an issue where you just wake up and say, "Oh, 2021 has come, a, a wonderful year. What do I want to do this year?" And just by yourself without any content from your understanding of God's will for your life, without any reference to what God is telling you as a person, you then just set goals that, that, that appears wonderful and beautiful for you. It's okay, this year I want to build house in Abuja. This year I want promotion at my job. Maybe God's plan for you is that this is, this is the year you are crossing to another industry. But because, because you lack understanding, of what God's plan, you have set a goal that is just based on your own your own ambition or your own vision or your own plans and goals. When your goal setting is based on that, then goal setting can become a problem because that's like having the ladder leaning on the wrong wall. Because by the time you get on top of that ladder, you will still be at the wrong place. So when your goal setting is based on divine insight of God's overall plan for your life, then goal setting is a great thing to do. I hope that helps. Yeah, yeah, it actually does. And I like the way you kind of drew the parallel from when you explained that God is eternal, but we as human beings, we live in times and seasons. So in order for us to be able to access the thing God has already 
like God has gone ahead of us, like he has gone miles ahead of us, and the things that he has assigned for us are already there. Yeah. But like we live in time and season, so we just need to be able to find a way to draw the line that would lead us to what God wants. And this is slowly going to lead me to my next question because one of the I, I read something in a devotional this morning, I started thinking about it so deeply. And and the title of the the of the write-up in the devotional was called What Do You Want? And you know, like for Christians, sometimes like when we talk about God's will, we we some of some people kind of slowly move into what we call passive obedience, in, in the sense that if if something happens to you that maybe you caused by yourself, for example, and I, I'm not I'm not saying that maybe you, your sin is like, but you caused something like maybe you're supposed to go for a meeting but you slept you slept in you didn't go and like oh that's God's will, like. <laughs> And or maybe or maybe God 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 has given you a vision for example Nifemi to say oh Nifemi this podcast I need you to interview five of the top pastors and no ranking five different pastors that give me my spirit need to interview them and I just went to go and meet any three of my friends and I called them and I'm like oh my God, that's God's will like but the, the theme says that like and it's the Bible verse that says if when you can't pray God sees the longings of your heart and it helps you answers them so the person started saying that like god is not a god that just wants passive obedience he just wants you to just be saying oh that's god's will let's just eh, let's just go that's what god like god also cares about what you want like it's not a god that just says oh i am a total authoritarian and nifemi this is it. This is what it is. Like, it cares about what you want. And which leads me into my next question, because if we are drawing a parallel between God's eternity, the things he has assigned for us, and he has said we are going to get, and we are drawing it from, okay, at this time of my life, at this season of my life, this is what I hope to achieve by the grace of God, because this is who God has called me to be. So how do you now differentiate between a God goal and a goal that you are setting for yourself. And I hope I'll always put enough context to the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I like the context you've put, and it's a very interesting one. Um, Charlie, you know, when you mentioned, you know, someone who says, oh, I'm supposed to get up and study for maybe a course, and you didn't study, and you slept off, and you woke up, and you said, oh, maybe I'm supposed to go for an interview, and you just slept through, and you forgot the interview, you didn't, and then you say, oh, maybe it's God's before me not to go for that interview. That's a big joke. <laughs> That's a big joke, and uh, and I remember, you know, I had and uh, I had an I had an experience. You know, as a pastor, you 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 encounter different kind of things. Yeah, part of but someone someone once used to do uh, when we when we're back in school, someone got so spiritual that when she wakes up in the morning, she will ask God whether she should go for lecture or not. She's a student right on campus, and she will have to ask whether she should go for a lecture or not. And you and she, once some of the days, she'll say, "Oh God, she didn't ask her to go for that lecture. That's why she slept." <laughs> of course, she ended up with lorry loads of carryovers. She graduated, I think, two years after her mates have graduated. It was a big mess for her, you know. So when someone then wants to sleep through an interview, or you're supposed to do something, you didn't do it, and then you know, use God's will to corner it, to, to corner yourself. It's just you're joking. But God doesn't work that way. God also believes in being hardworking and getting up to do your bit in terms of getting the goals to, to be done. Yeah, so now back to the your real question, which is uh, differentiating between God's goal and your own goal. Which is between, oh, is, I mean, what if I just wake up and say, okay, I want to do this? Uh, could it still be God's goal? 
the truth, the, the answer is actually yes. Uh, remember, God is the one who created us and is the one who puts, he, he puts desires in our heart as well. So uh, it's not every time that oh, you would know God's will simply because you heard someone spoke to you in a dream or in a vision or whatever it is. Sometimes uh, you know, just the thoughts of our hearts are inspired by the Holy Spirit. Just the desires that come up in our minds are inspired by the Holy Spirit and they are in line with God's plan. I think the overarching, uh, uh, for me, the, the main differentiator is uh, where your heart is as a person. Where your heart is, at. what's driving your heart, the motif of your heart. You know, that's where, you know, because, you know, Scripture says in uh, uh, um, Proverbs, 20, uh, Proverbs 20, 27, I believe, uh, it says the heart of man uh, is the candle of the Lord. The heart of man is the candle of the Lord, which means that with, with God leads us through our heart, primarily through our heart. So if if I have a heart that is overtaken by greed or by money, just the need to be rich and all of that. So if I'm speaking from that and I come from that kind of heart to say, oh, next year I want to uh, build under, uh, two, two, uh, five businesses or next year I want to make uh, five billion. Where is that coming from? Is it coming from my heart that is, you know, overtaken by greed and, you know, just personal aggrandizement and, you know, making money and all of that? Is it that kind of heart? Or is it coming from the heart where you, you have prayed and you have trusted God to lead you and you have your heart submitted to God, that God, I want to please you. And out of that kind of heart, because God sees your heart and wants, you, and wants to use you to be a blessing to the world and says, you, my son, I will put a desire in your heart to make billions next year. Because when you make those billions, you can impact the preaching of the gospel. You can impact the, the, you know, the less privileged in the society. You can push the uh, kingdom agenda through making those billions. So the, the main differentiator for me is the heart that such thoughts are coming from. Sometimes our hearts are overtaken by fear. You know, oh, I'm now 40 or I'm now 50. I must buy my own house next year. I must do this. I must do that. I must get married in the next six months. There's a lot of pressure on me. But this is where my, I'm, I'm of this age. A lot of, as, as, as you and I are speaking, we know that our generation now, especially the younger people, majority of our people now are under serious pressure to move out of Nigeria. Am I, am I speaking? Yes, yes, yes. So that's yes, an, yeah, exactly. So that's an example. So, if I wake up and I say my 2021 goal is to move to Canada, there's nothing wrong with our moving to Canada. The question is, where is that coming from? Is it out of desperation? Have I properly prayed about it? If God says, Sheung, stay in Nigeria or don't move to Canada, move to Egypt, am I willing to obey such instruction? Is this movement to Canada, is it even in line with all the things that God has been speaking to me in the past? Because if you are uh, in your growing up years, because God has seen 2021, 2022, 2023, he has seen the calamities that will evolve, you know, uh, in, the, in Nigeria. You are seeing answers. He has seen the bad governance that will happen. Maybe you are the person that God has been preparing for the last 20 years to rescue this nation. And in your growing up years, as you are knowing God, you are having such thoughts that God wants to use you to transform Nigeria or transform a sector or transform the economy or transform someone that requires that you stay put in this country. And you yourself have been embracing that thought. But now that you are an adult, there are bills to pay, everything is looking up, upside down, you are suddenly catching a different vision. So those are the pointers that tells you whether your goal is God's goal or your own goal. Unfortunately, a lot of time, 
because of lack of spiritual maturity, uh, some people are totally unable to tell the difference because they are not even in a place where they can have any clue about what God is saying about their own life. And they are Christians. They are Christians. They are not unbelievers. They are Christians that are living like that. They are in that kind of place where they are totally cut off. They have no clue, no understanding, no signal about their own life from God. So they are, they are just they're just living life as it comes. You know, they just sit down, set goals and all of that. And that can land you know, people in a lot of bad places. I remember, let me round up by saying, I remember many years ago, I was, uh, I think I was, uh, maybe in my teenage years or early 20, I was praying to God about purpose and God spoke to me and God said, Shion, most people, uh, so, so what was happening at that time, we were going through a series in my fellowship back in school and it's around purpose. So there was a lot of teachings on purpose. A lot of us understood it very clearly. Pastor Tunde Osidame was our pastor then. Pastor GD Adeyemi, those were our pastor then back in Futa. They loaded us up with God's words so much about purpose that everybody understood it clearly. But guess what? The people was talking to me that, Sheung, do you know that most of the people that are listening to this message will still not live their life in line with my purpose? And the simple reason is, is about that place of where your heart is. Have you given that heart enough to say, God, whatever you say, that's what I'm just looking out for? Or are you in that place where with small pressure like this, you start catching different kind of vision? So that's the major difference. Let me round up like that. <laughs> I, 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 I like the way you say with small pressure like this, you start catching kind of vision. Yeah. It's, and, and it's... The reason why I like it is because it applies to me. It applies to like and the part of relocating is 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 very apt because like some years back, like if you had asked me, Nifemi, do you want to relocate? I always tell people like and then I wasn't even so in tune with my spiritual maturity. I wasn't so in tune with like me speaking to God and listening to God. But I always had the deep feeling that my calling was to be a solution to some Nigerian problem. So if you had asked me then, I'm like, nah, I'm good. But last year, SARS, <laughs> SARS, like, after the old Buala of NSAS, I'm like, oh, my man, <laughs> this year it has to be a goal. But God kept telling me, God kept telling me that, don't worry, when it's going to come to you, it's going to come easy. Like, you don't, you're not going to have to struggle for it. You're not going to have to dance around for it. Like, it's going to actually come to you on the platter of gold. Like, when it's time, you would know. Like, you wouldn't... But, like, you're looking at everything around you and telling yourself that... Um, like, but, but, like, that's the thing. Like, fear mm. is is a... It's a trick devil plays on our mind. God, God has given you a set of things that he wants you to achieve in a certain period. But because, like, you just... And this is how my friend and I describe fear. And how we know that it's just the devil playing tricks on our mind. So... I was talking about this kind of thing. Like maybe one day you are sleeping on the bed, your phone falls down, and maybe the screen did not break. Maybe you just pick it up. Immediately your mind started thinking of, ah, oh man, what if this screen had broken? So then it jumps to, I don't have enough money to buy any new screen. Or, then it jumps to, ah, I'm not working hard enough. Or, then it jumps to, oh, I need a new job. Or, then it jumps to you setting a new goal to say, I'm going to send out five TVs every week. I'm going to do this. And God is looking like you, like, exactly. just pick up your phone on the no, like there's no point of you trickling with fear, but like it's not that the thing with fear, <laughs> yeah, like it's not that deep. the thing with fear is that it just keeps spiraling. Then you now begin yeah. to say, okay, you have to set a goal, or you see a comparison as well. You see someone that you probably had grown up with, and you 
you you think that like at this stage of our lives we should be almost in the same point and you're like okay okay let's do this and this person like i want to know when pg said service that excuse yourself from conversations from groups that put fear in you rather than faith it's one thing it's one thing like i held on to this year because once i begin to see that we're talking about making too much money like I, like i like and i don't mean like i don't want to make money don't get me wrong like when i begin to say that oh okay i have to do like five side or suits or more and i feel like it's already beginning to play some tricks and i'll be like okay guys this is where I, I i shut off because i don't want to now begin to make decision based on fear god has exactly. already given me everything he has asked me that he wanted me to do and and i think that deep within our heart like and like you explained like the difference between god's goal and and your goal is your heart like what yeah. does your heart want to satisfy like it's your intention you, as what's driving you yeah what's pushing what's the intention behind the goal yeah. like what and one of i'm starting a business with a friend and we spoke about it today like at the first meeting it's a it's a christian um merchandise business the whole idea of the merch is that it is we are because he is so there's no condemnation that means like as christian creatives as christian like you're supposed like god has not said like oh nifemi you cannot wear these jeans this like you cannot wear this kind of jackets like god has given us courage over some things and like we should be able to express our creativity so like we're sure talking this afternoon and he asked me what my measure of success and the only thing that came to my head was like i want the brand to be a connector for people that are not yet saved in christ in a way that when they see the brand they see christianity as something that they can belong to they see that oh okay if god can use this person if god if i can if this clothes can fit me this way if i can see my size to buy in this store if i can see the type of clothing i would want to wear to purchase from this brand that means i can access god then the Holy Spirit now gets easy landing because what the thing is like, I think Holy Spirit is trying to speak to everyone, but it's like some places are very difficult landing. But like at that point, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, it's easier for you to listen then. And so for me, that's my intention is in doing that. I'm not beginning to wear my, okay, what's my intention into going into this thing? What's my intention into doing? And I think like Ed, you're, you're absolutely right. But one of the things you, you touched um, briefly as you were talking, which I, I wanted us to get into because it is setting goals to fulfill your god-given purpose yeah and it's a conversation that i keep having to myself every time that I have, like one of the fears i have is that i don't want to get to the time and god is saying to me that oh that's not what i called you to do mm-hmm. it will be so heartbreaking because i would have spent so much effort into doing this thing and i'll be like mm-hmm. that's not what i called you for and so i always want to say okay God-given purpose. Is it just one thing? Is it 12 things? Is it like, it's the question I have with myself every time. So I wanted to ask you, what does it mean to set goals according to your own God-given purpose? How can you, how can you align both concepts? Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, th- I think the question you've asked, it's a very, very important question. I can't overemphasize how important that question is because it's a question that hits at the heart of your happiness and whether your entire life on this planet will make sense at the end or not. That's that's the that's the question around you know understanding purpose and you know the, the, the overarching plan of God for your life. Is that important? Is that important? Because, like you said, the worst thing that can happen to anybody 
is to grow up. You have spent decades and you, you, you can't do anything about it again. And you have just discovered that you have wasted your life. You, have, you might have built uh, mansions and all of that. You, you, to just wake up and discover that, man, I didn't do what I was actually called to do. I didn't do what I was meant to be doing. I didn't spend my life on what I'm supposed to be, to be spending my life on. It's the greatest is on top of the list of regrets is number one that anybody can experience in life and that's why if for any every young person listening to me now and i remember speaking to the escorts the the, the singles ministry escorts uh early 2020 and i was challenging all of them that if your only goal for this entire year is to discover god's purpose for your life it will have been more than worth it that in 2020, you haven't done any other thing. All you have concentrated your effort is, is to discover God's overhacking plans for your life. It will be more than worth it because there's just nothing that can replace the satisfaction, the fulfillment, the happiness, the wholeness to know that I'm in the center of exactly what I'm supposed to be doing and spending my time and energy on exactly what I'm supposed to be spending my time and energy on at this time of my life. There's nothing that can replace it. So, in terms of whether it's one thing or two things and all of that, it is as diverse. The answer to that question is as diverse as there are human beings. Because you will find some people, God has called them to a specific assignment. And for, you know, all of their adult life, all of their grown-up lives, that's where they concentrate. And they achieve their purpose that way. You look at someone like John Maxwell. When you, when you hear John, John Maxwell, there's just one word that comes to your mind. That word is leadership. For all his entire life, he has focused on that. He has written loads of books on it, does podcasts on it, speaks about it, has a, an entire organization that is focused on resourcing organizations and leadership. That's, that's his calling. And he's, he's lived his life that way. And he has fulfilled his role. And he's still fulfilling that role to today. There are other people that God will have them move from one point to another. I mean, if you look at someone like TDJs, for example, he's a pastor, he's an entrepreneur, he speaks to different topics, uh, he speaks to culture, he's, he's, he's an influencer in many ways. So, they are, they are, you know, he's like Joseph, you know, a man of many colors. Of course, the pastoring gives him the main platform, but he does a lot of things. He's into music, he's into theater, he's into fashion, he's into a lot of things. You know, so and is able to uh, and is able to pull it off with excellence, with results to show for it. You know, so they are different. We are as different uh, as our passion as and as our colleagues are. So it is for everyone to sit down and really understand. You know, their their place in God, their place in their calling, and all of that. And there are different ways to uh, to engage that conversation. One of the things you want to ask yourself is, what do I enjoy doing? What do I enjoy doing? What is it that if uh, if, I, if 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 they say okay we won't pay you you will still be happy to do it what is that thing? It can even change per time, but you need to have an understanding of what it is at least for now because uh, you know obedience leads to obedience and purpose leads to purpose. When you fulfill your purpose at a certain stage, God is able to graduate you to the next level of your purpose. So it doesn't mean that you will stay in that place. Someone might be pastoring today, and after you have fulfilled your role in pastoring, in another 10, 20 years, God can say, okay, I'm moving you to something else. And that's how our lives evolve, and we're able to you know, uh, uh, express all the potentials and all the purpose that God has packaged in all of us. So what, am I, what do I enjoy doing? That's one question. Another question is, where, what, what, what grips my heart the most? What am I passionate about? You know, for me, for example, 
I've never. I used to tell people, if you don't want to be spiritually matured, don't, better don't stay around me. Because if you do, without doing anything, you will be spiritually. You at least you will grow up. Because there's something about me. I I can't stand. Uh, I call it spiritual illiteracy. And when I see spiritual illiteracy, it grips my heart more than anything. When I see people, grown-up people, you know, <laughs> who, 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 who are clueless about spiritual things, or who are living a reckless life spiritually, who don't know their left from their right spiritually. You know people who, some who have a PhD in the knowledge, in natural knowledge, but spiritually they are a baby, they have no clue. It grips my heart. I can't, I can't stand and watch that kind of thing without trying to do something about it. There are other passions that I have. Family life is also an area of passion for me. So is leadership. But everybody needs to know what exactly is your own passion? What grips your heart? Out of all the problems of this world, which problem can't you stand that really can make you, you know, stay up late at night and crying? So try to answer some of those questions. And there's also a place for prayer. There's a place for saying God is you and me today. That place is also there. To say I'm dedicating the next... Uh, it might be six months you need. It might be one month you need. It might be a week you need. All I'm asking God, God, speak to me. What's my purpose? What's my plan? Go into scriptures. Pray about it. God is the one who says, come, let us reason together. That's, that's God for you. That's God. Come, let us reason together. God, there are some questions God expects us to bring to him. You bring up conversations with God. Serious conversations. When I was starting this year, even before the prayer started, I started, you know, people start with goals. My own, there are four questions that I had. I have had this since December. And I've told myself, Shion, you can't cross over into 2021 without getting specific answers to these questions. And I had to spend time, you know, immediately after Christmas, between 26th and uh, 1st of January, I had to, every morning I wake up, I have a place I go, I spend hours to pray and to have conversation with God, and I have documented answers to those questions. That's what I'm taking into this year. And of course, I have my goals alongside the questions as well. So sometimes we need to bring up serious conversations with God. You can't be dealing with this God that is this big, that we call the omnipotent one, the omniscient one, and all you are asking is, God, how will I buy uh, more shirts this year? How will I buy a car this year? How will I look good this year? That's, that's a useless question to have such a big God. What's my purpose in life? What am I doing here? I need to know. So there's also that place in describing our purpose. Uh, but let me just leave it. It's a conversation that we can that can take us on that next one hour. I, I hope I've been able yeah, to try yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like you've 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 kind of done great, great justice to, to the to the question. Because and one of the things I, I'm truly grateful for for 2020, I really did have a great year. Like I'm not going to be like it's one thing I kept saying to myself at the beginning of the year. Like and I knew I kind of had the sense of my purpose was I enjoy talking to people. Like I always say to people that my my if I know my purpose, it has to be centered around people. Like I I and so this is one expression of my purpose. But like one of the things that God really did for me last year was to help me understand my measure of success. And and this is personal, not even business now, because it applies to every other thing I'm doing. And God said to me that. Your measure of success is not money. It's not. It's, it's impact. It's seed that you have sown in people's life. That's the middle. And so, in trying to engage things now, even if like it, you I, you don't have your purpose really written out to say, it's kind of blurry. For example, like, but if you are trying to engage a new opportunity, for example, you're asking yourself, okay, can I get my measure of success from this? Can I? Can I? Um, 
can I let really say I've sown seed? And sometimes, like, like I, I said, I'm always around people. So I have the Arpejo, the Arpejo, which is a community, which is this one. I have a leadership coaching, which I, I enjoy. So whenever I get the chance to talk to people, like, my joy is full. <laughs> my joy is full. But there's not one thing that I don't decide. I also do marketing consulting on the side. And I say to God, like, sometimes it's just like I'm asking myself, that, like, okay, are you really sure that's it? But my spirit said to me that like, you need to drag your measure of success into it. So even if you are doing marketing content and it's making you good money, your measure of success is like, how are you sowing seeds? So I started seeing it that way. So I go into that consultation to say, I'm not, I want to sow seeds. And if my seeds generate, like I make money from doing that, that's good. But like, I know that deep down, I want to go here and sow seeds into this business, into the people I meet. And when I, I was speaking to the team, I, know, I said that my greatest pay, my greatest joy is when someone comes to me and says, oh, thank you for your help with this thing. It really, it really saved me a lot of stress at work. And I'm like, that that's my seed. Like that's, I, I get my joy from that. So, yeah. and I think like it would give a lot of people and I was speaking to my friend in the, in the previous podcast, and she said, what's the one thing that you are, you are open for this year? And I said, I just want to get the chance to talk to people more about God. You just see that in my goals I, I had set, like 90% of them was about my leadership coaching, the arpeggio with the platform, creating the Christian merge, writing a version devotional, like finding a way of expressing my God-given gift to people to help people. And for the consulting part, I just had like maybe 10% of it because like it feels like my whole life needs to be geared more into this aspect. And and I, I, I want God to help me into that. So I'm going to go into like one question that I, I, I think that so as a as a pastor. What does faith, faith fueled goals look like? Because, like, you know, like in certain goals, for example, there are some things that you when you're reading all these goal setting manuals, and, and because I am a coach as well, like I, I talk to people about setting goals, it, it, you talk people to set goals that scare them, set goals that, that you are like, and also because even I'm speaking to people of Christians, like I, I, I infuse my faith into it and say, meet God there when you set your goals, something around that line. And is that set goals about something that you're thinking of like so like when does it go and maybe i should twist the question when does it go seem unrealistic or what does it is or when does it look like a faithful goal mm. yeah I mean, I mean interesting question and one that uh, a lot of people uh, are looking for right answers to um yeah so the the, the idea is that um god is the only one who is omnipotent you are not omnipotent uh, so, you know, sometimes someone wants to use just like their faith alone to set goal, and that's not a goal. That's a wish, because it takes more than just faith to achieve a goal. Like I said, is is God who is omnipotent? The goal is for you, not for God. In fact, I can put it this way: in the where whereas God is able to achieve beyond anybody's wildest dream. Your goal, when you are setting goal, what you are doing is benchmarking your own level in that omnipotency of God, so to speak. So uh, you you must you can't sell goal and say, oh, I have faith. It's beyond just faith. And if you read the scripture, you know, like the scripture I read, you know, uh, an, an enterprise profits by wise planning, you know, becomes strong through common sense and profits wonderfully by keeping abreast of the facts. So it means that there's work to do, uh, right division and make it play that it may 
run that reads it. You know, so that means there's running that is still, that's still required. Like Bible says, faith without work is what? Is dead. So sometimes when people just want to look at faith to set goal, and you then set a kind of goal that, you know, is just in the hair, and you say, oh, because I have faith. That's not a goal. A goal, you know, you'll take cognizance of your current capacity uh, and all of that. But it still needs to be stretching. And the idea of having a stretching goal uh, is something that is, is, is again, is part, of, uh, is part of the overall principle of goal setting. A goal is supposed to stretch you. Otherwise, it won't have achieved the purpose. The, uh, and, and you'll find that even in the secular world, it's still part of the principles of goal setting, even in the secular world. So they know that if we say this year we're able to achieve maybe 200 members as a church, you don't, you don't go into next year setting goals to say, okay, we want to achieve 220 members. That's not a stretching goal. That's not a stretching goal. You want to have just 10% over the course of a whole year. That's not a stretching goal. So even if it's a customer in a company, they won't set that kind of goal. They would rather say, okay, maybe for 200, we want to move to 300. That's it. We want to grow by 50%. You know, that kind of thing. Or sometimes you say 100%. But as you're setting those goals, you are looking at that different kind of parameters and you are putting something there that will stretch the entire organization because part of what you're supposed to get from, from your achievement of your goal is your own personal growth and is in pursuit of stretching, stretching goals that you grow as a person. So any goal that will not stretch you, you will not grow even after you've achieved that goal. So when you have goals that are stretching, it means that you yourself automatically you will grow after for, for you to be able to achieve that goal. And I dare say that sometimes it's even that growth that you experience as a person or as an organization that is the uh, is the, is the higher is the higher result of that goal uh, rather than the actual achievement itself. You know, when a team is celebrating that oh we went to achieve our goal, this is what we've done, and all of that, it's not just about the achievements itself is also about the fact that all of us in this team, we have stretched ourselves, we have grown, we have become better, we have become stronger, we have gained stronger capacity. Sometimes in goal setting, that's, that's, that's the biggest thing that is even you take away from the goal that you have set. So what am I saying? Your goal necessarily needs to be stretching, but don't, don't put that, uh, uh, don't, don't use that as an excuse to set a goal just benchmarking on God's ability. You must still set goals that are benchmarking on your current ability. So when you have measured your current ability, you then put a little bit more on, on it so that you can stretch and so that you can grow. That's what, uh, you know, uh, that's that's the balance there. That's the balance there. Yeah, and, 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 I, and, I, and I completely agree because you, you, you said something that was very important about a lot of times, like, it's, it's the process... In God trying to stretch you, that God wants you to learn because He needs that process that He has developed in you for something else. And we, like as human beings and as Christians, sometimes as believers, we are so much focused on on the goal. Okay, I want to increase my membership to five hundred, for example, from two hundred. And I'm like, oh, what are the taxes? What are this? And God is saying to you that, no, no, no. I need you to learn in this period. Like, this is the goal me and you have agreed on. Yes, but I need you to learn in this period about people to for people to know that they should come to worship God for who I am, not for what I do. And God is trying to teach you that, but you're like, okay, okay, no, let's do social media tactics, let's do this one, let's do. Uh, and I think I agree with you. And there's one passage I read in Matthew eight today in 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 message translation, and I love it so much. It was talking about the people that wanted to follow God, and when he asked, um, 
I can't remember who he was. I said, we want to follow me. And, and how we asked him is like, are you ready to rough it with me? And it was so, so interesting to me because you know when we preach God sometimes, we, and I'm not saying God does not give it to you easy, no. But like we preach him in a way that I'm going to just come and sleep on the bed. You are fine. But you know the scripture says that it did not say the weapon will not form. It says the weapon shall not prosper. So how the weapon will not prosper is you roughing it with me. Like, are we going to go in this together? Because it says principalities will come. People would people would abuse you for my sake. People would think that what you are doing does not make sense. Like if I tell you that oh, I have a God for God um for go to start a church, I feel like yeah, does it make sense? But like, are you ready to tell people that oh my, like this is what God has asked me? Are you ready to rough it with me? And in the process grow thick asking, learn, learn learn more about what God is trying to teach you, learn the process so that you can apply it to other people. And there's also a part of goal achievement that I think that we need to learn as people is also to share our testimonies. Like I, for a long time, I always just like, I didn't understand the concept of coming out to share your testimony. Mm-hmm. I, like I just felt like I can just give it to God on my own. Like I, I, I'm appreciating God for what, is, what he has done. But like my spirit is saying to me now that, Testimonies is not like God knows what He has done. Now nah, it does not like <laughs> He yeah, did exactly. it for you. So you are not telling God. <laughs> you are not telling God what He has done already. He knows already. Like it's not for Him. I say it's. I, I can't remember the passage that says, "I have comforted you so that you can comfort this person." Or oh, then I can't remember the passage clearly. But the, the point is, yeah, that was when cool. we when think first God. yeah. So when God takes you through that journey of goal setting and he helps you accomplish it, he needs us to go back so that when he's giving someone, like if PS now comes to say, ah, Nifemi, I started a conversation platform whereby, and I've grown it, I gave the testimony in church, and let's say I'm just starting my own, like this one now, and and I'm seeing like someone did it, and I'm like, ah, okay, so this God goals, actually, I can keep on it. I can, God needs us to also share our goals and our, I remember at the end of oh. 2020, God, God, wow. God dealt with me seriously in a way that, so anytime people ask me, how was your year? I was always slowly wanting to fall into the trap to just say, oh more, you know, like everybody now, this year was hard. And, I, and God was like, why, why are you saying this? You didn't have it hard now. Like, why are you saying this year was hard for you? No, you, that was not your experience. And I'm like, but God, like this person had the had the and he had the like, why should I now? It feels like as if I am showing off in his face. God is saying, no, this person needs your testimony so that he can know that it can be better. You had a period whereby Hello? you could not achieve certain things. You were, God took you from literally ground zero and, and in less than a year, he he has lifted you up in a way that no man can, could have done. And you are telling, no, he needs your testimony so that you can, he can tap into it and see that I am not done working on him. And since then, if you ask me, was a year, I'll say, oh my, it was a great year. Like God did this, this and that. And that's how it's supposed to be. And I think like, this is my, this is my last question. And, um, it's something that I, it's like a three and four, three and one question, like a three-fold question. And this is the main header for the question. Is is a God goal cast in stone 
And there's some other bottom questions that kind of says, like, what if I don't follow God goes? What, what happens? What if I just decide that I, I want to be a billionaire and I just do it? What happens? And can a God go progress in a very ridiculous way? Like, if God said, if I mean, I want you to start a podcast, and in like one year, God just lands you on an international platform, or can you regress? And what are the circumstances that allows it to either progress or regress? And I think like that's the last question for the evening. Okay, so I mean, I, so there are three questions there. Let me take it one by one. The first one is, can God go? Can uh, what was it again? Can he? Can is a God go cast into like is like okay. this is the goal. It's permanent. Oh, okay. Is a a God go cast in stone? Uh, I, I I would say the answer is no. Um, and sometimes we uh we sometimes we put a pressure on the kind of pressure on us that even God is not putting on us. Uh, you know, it can be a you can't say oh God has spoken it must happen. If it's not happened. Like, there are many sides to the two. There, there are different reasons why why you may need to be able to adjust your goal. Uh, sometimes in the middle, one one reason, at least one reason, is is to, is the fact that you might not have had God correctly. That is a possibility. God speaks hundred percent accurately, but we as human beings, it is pride to to think that as a human being. You can always say you have had God correctly all of the time. There are times where your our human uh, proclivities kick in, and we sometimes misinterpret, or we make assumptions, or we make some small additions or small subtractions to exactly what God is saying per time. And in the process of time, God has His own way of correcting us. So sometimes you you might you might have come up with a goal that you believe, oh, this is what God is saying. Along the line, God is bringing things to correct you. It is humility to say, I think I misspoke. I think this is probably what God is saying. That's why sometimes uh, it's good to, uh, to, 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 to have a group of people in your life with whom you can pray about your goals and about your plans because that, that kind of thing brings the balance that a goal should have. You know, if you're married, for example, you, 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 you pray with your, with your spouse, yeah, it brings some kind of balance, you know, to make room to to help, you know, the human proclivities that can come in the place of hearing God. That's one. That's one. Then two is also because we are not like robots in the hand of God. That God is just moving us up and down, like uh, you know, the way you when you are playing video game, like you move players up and down during PS Five. That's not the kind of relationship we have with God. So sometimes because of human uh, human uh, failure on the human side there may be need to adjust some goals because goals are usually predicated on human beings being able to do their bits. I mean, for example, if you had a goal as a company that this year we're going to double our, 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 the number of customers that we have, you then found out that your marketing manager, the head of marketing, the head of marketing your organization is a, is a wrong hire. That can affect that goal totally. And there's nothing you can do about it. You just need to tell yourself, you know what? We put the wrong place person in that place. This is now October. We haven't achieved even ten percent of what we planned. What? What? How can we make the best of what we have left? So it's wisdom to come to that place from time to time. Say, so, you know what? I set out to be a billionaire before uh, before my fortieth birthday. Now I'm thirty nine. I haven't made my first uh, one hundred million. How can I make the best of what I have left between now and my 
on my 40th birthday. Sometimes it's just wisdom to come to that place and God will not be angry at all. Things happen and you need to make adjustments. It's good to you push yourself, uh, you give 100%. When you set a goal, God expects us to give 100% push towards the achievement of that goal. But we must always bear in mind, uh, uh, sometimes because we live in an imperfect world, so from time to time, something might happen that necessitates the adjustment of that goal, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's the first question. The second question is, what, what happens if a God goal is not achieved? I think that's the question, right? Yes, yes, that's the question. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Nifemi, mean, the answer to that question is this, right? Look at all the problems that we're expressing in our world today. The reason we're having all of those problems is because a God goal was not achieved sometimes down the line. We need to ask ourselves, uh, how come just let's be let, let's try and be practical now. Look at our country, Nigeria, look at northern Nigeria and look at southern Nigeria. Just uh in terms of Christ in terms of Christianity, how come they are like that and we are like this in the north? In terms of uh, civilization and education level, how come they are where they are and we are where we are uh, in the south? I mean, I served in the north, I served in Casino State. I, in that state, when I was serving there many years ago, the word go, G-O, you couldn't speak it to an average person and they will understand. You couldn't teach primary, primary school students in English language because they had no clue what you were talking about. That's the kind of place that that place was at least far back 2008 or so. So, the reason all of those are the way they are is because a God goal was not achieved. Is it God's goal for, uh, for, uh, for a region to remain like that after 60 years after independence? Or for even our entire country to remain with the way we are? Is it God's, God's plan for us? Absolutely not. We look so when we say okay, what we have, sometimes it's not as if oh you will fall down and die. It's, yeah, you continue. We may even make billions and live your life and go, but a goal goal was not achieved, and there will be ramifications down the line necessarily, because the goal goal was there so that when you achieve it, you can bring heaven down on heart, and God's will on heart can be done as it is in heaven. So whenever you look around yourself and you are seeing that you know what you are seeing is not like. It's not looking like heaven. Know that a God goal is not being achieved in that place because God probably had a plan for someone to fix that, and the person did not do their job or did not pick up their job properly. And the ramification is what we are seeing here. Who were the people that were meant to preach to Shekau, the head of Boko Haram? And could there be someone who God has said to pray over that region and did not take up the prayers? Were there people that were sent to preach to him? Who were his parents? Were there people that were sent that could have converted his parents so that when he was a child, he would have been a Christian himself? The, all the leaders in our world that are turning the world upside down, that are totally clueless, especially in, in the third world countries like Nigeria. Where, who were the people that were sent to disciple them when they were growing up, when it was still relatively very easy? So those are the issues. Who were the people that are called into policy that are supposed to fix the issues in this country? But they said, oh, no, it's banking that is raining now. I'm supposed to be, I want to work for a multinational. And therefore, I'm going to MTN instead of going to become a local government chairman so that you can rise up and become, is it minister or even president or governor and fix the issues that needed to be fixed. So there's a lot of ramification when a God goal is not achieved. The only 
problem is that is a lot of time is not immediate it's not an it's not an immediate but the effect waits sometimes even for generations to come in the future to deal with so the third one what was the third one again is can a can a god forego progress or regress like regress can it like god can what what are the circumstances that can allow it to either progress or or regress um i mean ordinarily god god uh you know he says in, in, in the book of Isaiah, i'm doing a new thing now i shall spring forth shall you not know it you know so god is always in the business of doing new things and he's always he's also in the business of growing things and making things bigger and better that's a general uh view that you will have of god if you look at the way he has you know treated people in the scripture he would he spoke to abraham he said i'm going to take you from where you are i'm your reward i'm your extremely great reward i'm going to make you big i'm going to make you great you're, you'll not be father of uh father of a few you'll be father of nations and all that when god is speaking to people he took david from the backside of the desert and told him you're going to rule israel and your name will be remembered forever and ever when he's Brought, brought out, brought uh, when he spoke to Moses, he was running that task, running from uh, Pharaoh, from uh, from Pharaoh killing him. And God spoke to me and said, Don't worry about your the fact that you stutter, you will be the deliverer of Israel and all of that. And your generation, so God always picks people up to raise them up. You know, in fact, um, I think uh, first Samuel chapter 7, yeah, first Samuel chapter 7 spoke to it's, it's, there's a verse there, I think I can't remember the exact verse, it says is the one who lifts up the poor from the dungeon and places them among the princes of the heart says the for the for 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 uh the the pillars of the heart are the lords that's what that scripture says so god is in the business of raising people from wherever they are and making them bigger however there may be in some certain assignment that god will give you god can say while you are thinking oh this thing needs to blow we need to go international god can say you know what this one is just meant for one village so leave it like that. Don't worry about taking it to the city. This one is just meant for, or you can say, oh, this one, ah, for the next 20 years, that's what I'm doing. And God will say, no, no, no. I just need you there for five years. After five years, get out of that. Or even one year, or even one month. As sweet and as powerful and as you enjoy it, I just need you there for one month. I'm moving you to another place. Because again, it's omnipotent. And when you see God as Lord, you just submit to the commander-in-chief. To say okay if that's what you want for this one I'm, I'm i'm fine with it i'm fine with it so in such so uh we, so we can't put god in a box and say oh since it's god he must continue to grow sometimes it can continue to grow because that's what god wants sometimes god can say you know what this one let's kill it move into move the resources there into some something else remember when you know the, the children of the the, the the apostles gathered the first set of christians and they gathered in jerusalem they were having a ball from day one. Three thousand souls were won. Miracles were happening. Everybody was buzzing, you know. And you know, they, they, there was that fame, and you know, they were they were getting big and all that, and they were having fun in Jerusalem. But uh, Mr. Uh, Herod came and struck them and killed Joseph and scattered everywhere, and everybody ran. Etaskelta, and it, if you went to Jerusalem at that time, all the apostles, everybody just took cover. You would think that ah. How come this thing has scattered like this? This thing that God is just starting. Yeah, we sure is even God. But what happened after they scattered? God used that calamity, all the resources that was that they were enjoying and all the farm fair that they were having in, in Jerusalem. It sort of quieted, but it spread out into Syria, into Ephesus, into Philippia, into different cities around them. And that's exactly how the gospel continues to grow. So sometimes 
in our own uh when we are judging things from our own little perspective it might look like oh why is god why is that thing dying is it that it's not god why is that thing not growing is it that god does not want it to happen maybe somebody has committed a sin but nothing can be further from the truth you don't know god's overall plan something can happen in 20 years that will explain exactly why that thing needed to die at that time so that's that's how we need to work with god to just understand that we need to have uh, the specifics of what God is doing for time, and um, and be and be happy with whatever it is at that time. Yeah, I feel like this is like a, such a great way to to just bring everything together. Because if you if you see how, and which is why I like when this concerned, I always just led by God, and I always don't try to just infuse um, the things that I think people would want to listen to into. Because if you see how we've kind of just told a story from setting goals to now and with in, in this part about purpose because you, you, you said some things and, and we were talking about having people work with you on your goals and pray for you and it was so very important for me because you know I started I started this podcast explaining about how I was so anxious about the goals I had set and I was like saying oh my god this thing looks very big and the the thing God said to me was share it with people. Mm. Mm. That's all and it gave me names of people. There are my friends that would already speak to them. It wasn't someone that I have not spoken to before. He said, share it with them. Share your burden with them. Share your fears with them. And when I started speaking with them, instead of giving me guys, started asking me questions that broke those big things in my head mm. into smaller things. They started putting, like, the first conversation I had with someone, which is my friend, shout out to you, Loretta. She said to me that, she said, firstly, and this is before we went into the conversation, she said, my space is saying to tell to you that God is going to give you time seven of all of these things you have written. And this was me that I was thinking that um oh, this thing is too big. Like <laughs> I was I was scared about how big these things were. And someone I shared with you, like God says that he's going to give you time seven of all these things you've written. And mm. I'm like, and that's so apt. Like share it with people. Like yeah. I I I, I listened to Wild Beck 80% of my week this week and Robert, I love Pastor Robert Madu, and he said, "The problem is that uh, is and Pastor Keon, right? I said sometimes you struggle to fix your life because you are in every room by yourself." Yeah, and yeah, and I like that because God wants us to have horizontal relationships. That means He wants us to pray to Him mm-hmm. and have a relationship with Him, and also have vertical with people yeah. working with us side by side and so Absolutely. you can you can you can go into the room by yourself another thing i heard from one i can't forget it said your purpose is an answer to a problem that exists on the head and when you don't fulfill your purpose we leave problems on the head that we could have solved Exactly. Yeah, that's what you were explaining that, about a lot happened. of problems yeah a lot of problems like and, and i say and i say to god like I want to be able to live my like just I want to die empty. Like like yeah. empty. Everything I gotta have to do done. Like and I'm just smiling and saying, Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm good. Like I have solved the problem because like God is so God is so brilliant. He's so like if you look at the way God minds work, he's so brilliant, he's so calculative, it's the best mathematician. Like the number of people we have on the earth at this moment, at this second, everyone is needed for something 
Absolutely. He has literally said, okay, there's this problem that will happen in 20 years time. Okay, give birth to Nifemi in 1994, so that by that 20 years time, he has, if he walks in my path, my path, my path, he will be able to solve that problem. Mm. And because God wants us, like, I, one of my friends said this thing to me, God did not die for a religion, he died for a relationship. And because Absolutely. of that reason, it would not force us to walk in that path. It would show you it would bring people across to you. It would preach to you with words. It would sometimes give you in your dreams, but it would never say it's by. Sometimes it can force you because if you're like, oh, 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 no, 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 I would. It would push you into it. But it's you, never know, going it, to... you know, you know, I don't. I I, be, I don't believe God ever forces someone. People <laughs> <laughs> see when you know because sometimes I hear people say, you know, I, I don't even feel like doing this. Is God is forcing me, and I just smile. Go and check the people that God forced in the Old Testament. That's when you say God is God has forced me. Go and ask Brother Jonah. That's what it means. Yes. To force that is what it means to force someone. Go and go and check out Ezekiah. Go and check out people that God forced in the Old Testament. You know that in our days, He has stopped forcing people. All this is here. Uh, something is just disturbing me. God is just speaking. That's not forcing now. I know a lot of people that God has been speaking to them about things, and they will say for the net for the last 20 years, I've been saying no to God, and they didn't die. And there are people who are who said that no forever. They said God is saying we move to ministry or do this and that, and they just refuse and, and nothing happened to them. So, what do you mean when you say God forces? God doesn't force anyone. At the end of the day, it will be your prerogative whether you want to yield to God or not. Whether you want to yield to and, God and, or not. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and you are so right because like all the things I do now, like I was saying to someone last year, I think it was me last year, maybe last quarter last year, I'm saying that everything I do now, like in terms of this podcast, the community, my coaching, like God has been telling me, I need you to start this. I need you to start because like there was always one reason or the other why it was not the right time or there was always something or the other. And the moment I, I yielded to say, oh, okay, like, see, it's hard work but yeah. God just like, and I think it was um, PB Pastor Bola um, and PG's wife that preached this thing one day, and that, that's, they said God's body is light and His yoke is easy. I can never forget that line in my life. And it's hard work, yeah. but it's the kind of burden that you can carry. Mm-hmm. So when when you yield your goals to God's goal, like you will work hard, like because the kingdom of God of our Bible and take us by force. God needs us to proper. Like, you know, like I listened to Apostle Sermon this week and I was talking about how we Christians just like, we think like we have arrived, like we have done. And he talked about Paul and he said, God, it was, I think it's um, Acts, I can't remember, and said, God used Paul to do special miracles. Miracles on his own are special. Miracles are not everything you see. But God exactly. said he used Paul to do, to the do special, special miracles. <laughs> And we Christians, like we young Christians, we young people, we just come and say, I cannot, I cannot pray five hours. I'm a, me and my God have a special bond. Oh, me and my God. Like, we feel like, and, and I know there's no, it's a relationship, but we feel like, yeah, this Christianity thing, we have it on lock and key. And we're saying that, no, we have work to do. And, and that's what, like, God is telling all of us, like, my goals for you is that there's going to be work for you to do. But, my body is easy and my yoke is light. It would not bring you down. Yeah. It would not give you anxiety. It would not that scripture stress you. Is my, that scripture is my mantra in ministry. 
Oh, uh, it is. It is ah, my like. I'm telling you, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. That's that's because, for you. That's, and, that's, and that's it. Like yeah. this community is going to be the Aquajor. It's called in English. It means the gathering. It's going to be one years on Thursday, and I, I'm always in awe because this thing has not broke a sweat on me. Like mm. it has, and it's a lot of work. Like, well, I, yeah, I don't know how to explain. Yeah, I'm enjoying it, and that's God crazy. has. God has rubbed my back completely. Like the the consulting I do, God has used that money there to fund everything that's happening here. Like God, God has rubbed my back, and He's saying like, okay, if you can't make money here now, I'll help you make money in the other places. Like think about the stress you would go to. God, I just be like, don't worry. Like I would rub your back completely, mm. and I think like God goes for me. It's always confirmed when God always when God just rubs your back, no matter how hard it is. It's like don't worry, you are stressed, but it's it's fine. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be easy. And, and 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 I think that's it for me. Do you have any like lasting message? Yes. Okay. Uh, I mean, I think a lot has been said. If there's anything I just want to leave here, um, is what I, I I spoke about earlier. To ask everyone, especially young people, uh, to Please do everything that you need to do to have at least uh, a, an idea of God's overall plan for your life. Yeah, and my and my challenge is beyond setting your goal for 2021, set your life goals. There has to be life goals that in this my life, these are the goals I'm pursuing with my life, and those goals necessarily must have uh, input from the Holy Spirit, input from God revelations that god has shown you uh it, it it makes all the difference at the end of the day my definition of success i had it from reverend sam and the best the best definition of success i've seen is about hearing from god and doing what you had from god that's the de best definition of success because when you when you are focused on things that you have had from god those are things that have been finished in the spirit when you are doing things that have been finished in the spirit it means that resources to back you up will be made available you are practically in partner with the omnipotent one how can you fail how can you fail and how can you not come out best best in that kind of situation how can you have god as your senior partner and you will not be the best version of yourself on this planet so it makes all the difference to not just say oh 2021 is just one year that's the truth it's just one year 12 months that's it so it's not good enough to focus on just 12 months when you have no clear cut of the next 20, 30, 40 years, 50 years they are still going to spend on this planet. Spend time, like I, like, like I was challenging my team early last year, I'm also challenging every young people out there listening to me, if all you have achieved in 2021 is to understand God's plans and will for your life as a human being, it will have been a great year for you. So do everything within your capacity read books that you need to read, get into uh, podcasts that you need to get into, like, like this podcast, it will help you. Stay, spend time in prayers and then talk to people, talk to your mentors, talk to your friends, talk to people that are important in your life and discuss with them and ask yourself serious questions as well. But do everything to have a good understanding of God's overhacking plan of, for your life and from there, set life goals and then... Uh, the, the remaining becomes uh, uh, much easier. So that would be my 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 my, my final point here.
Thank you so much, Pierce. Like I always say this to people, and this is how God 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 confirms some things to me. And I think I, I I wrote. I'm going to write about it. Is is God says to me that if He speaks to you first, then that's okay by me. Like so, whenever I'm doing something, I'm planning a program, I'm planning something for you. Like I always, it, it seems selfish, but I always put myself first. That is this going to speak to me? And what I'm saying is that every time I've had to do this podcast episode with people, I like. I also would it's selfish, but I feel blessed first before every other person listening to it. I yeah, feel blessed like fourth time because I have to always edit it and like but like I listen to it and I'm like, this is this is like God is literally speaking to me through this conversation and and I and I hope like it speaks to every other person that listens to this. So thank you so much, PS, for for coming to this podcast. Um I really did enjoy our time together and I'm I'm looking forward to us um having more conversations about faith and just chatting a lot more about God. So thank you so much, Piers. Thank you, Nifemi, for having me. I've had a great, wonderful time here. And thank you for what you are doing and your contribution to making uh, yeah, into people's lives and to their work with God. And, and I trust that, you know, you will enjoy grace. Uh, and as God is using in its capacity, greater things He will do through you. He will, he will impact the nations through you. And he will, he, he, he's, not, he's not the kind of God who uses people and dump them. It won't leave you dry. It will leave you blessed. It will leave you bigger. It will leave you prosperous as well. In Jesus' name. Well done. God bless you. Amen. Thanks, Amen. everyone. Thank you so much. Who has, uh, who has yeah. us for this year. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the, the, the Glory Lines Podcast. Thank you for joining us today on this podcast episode. We hope this has blessed you. Please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast players and share with as many people as possible. Thank you. God bless.